title of message, What Is It? You know, some time ago, <clears throat> and I can't remember right offhand, but I know we had a meeting with the elders and we were talking about it. Uh, it. And uh, someone had mentioned, and I can't remember if it was either Chuck Porter or maybe Jim McCracken, but it was like, you know, some churches have it. You know, and, and it's, not a, it's not a clicky thing. It's not a, it's not a fashionable thing, but it's just, what is it that makes some churches flourish and what is it that makes some churches struggle? You know, some people just, uh, they have a hard time getting people involved in ministries. They have a hard time, uh, you know, running programs. They have a hard time actually in financial areas too. So, but others, it just seems like it comes real naturally. And, um, but first of all, we have to really figure out, okay, when we're talking about church health, what is, what is church health? And, uh, you know, it's, it's really not the size of the church that matters. I mean, we take a count here, and we obviously try to get an idea of how many people are here, but it's not about the size of the church that really matters. It's really about the health of the church, what happens inside the church that matters. And actually, if you take a look at the, uh, at that definition of a healthy church, uh, a healthy church really will have size happen naturally. I mean, if you have a healthy church, I think it attracts more people, and so that's just some of the things that happen, uh, just a natural thing. So, you know, we live in a world that's very health conscious, so I thought, well, I'm going to relate this just a little bit to the body. So let's say you have a doctor's appointment, and it could be for a hangnail, but you go in for the doctor's appointment, what are the first things that they do? They wrap a cuff around your arm, they take your blood pressure, a lot of times they uh, take, measure your height, uh, sometimes, well, in fact, all the time, they make you step on a scale. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? But you know what? They do these things because those are the vital signs. And so as a doctor looks at your visit today versus maybe your last visit, they can tell by some of these things whether or not your health is, is in good shape or maybe there's a, maybe there's a problem. If your blood pressure is going up, it's showing that there may be signs of, an, of issues. So... A church also has vital signs. So just like going to a doctor, a church has the same vital signs. And as I was preparing for this, uh, I really identified three main indicators of really good health in a church. And the, fir the, the first one is people. The second one is purpose. And the third one is passion. And I don't necessarily have to have it in that particular order, uh, but it's just the way it came together for me. And so first we're going to talk a little bit about the people. Obviously, you can't have church without people. That's what it's consisting of. It's the body. And really, in church, it really breaks it down into a couple different areas of people. You have the leadership, and then you have the body. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I am tremendously blessed to have pastors here that teach on the Word. I mean, they are so focused on telling us the truth, and that's, that's what it's about. It's about the Word of God, and it's about the truth. In fact, this world is so hungry, and that's what draws people in is when they hear the truth of the Word. And so as they come in, they hear this truth because, quite honestly, outside in the world, it's just not something that you hear. You don't hear the truth. Uh, and it's sad to say that even in some churches, uh, they basically tell you what feels good, what's comfortable. And that's not what the world needs although that's what they're getting in a lot of areas. It's, it's comfortable. And sometimes they do that just strictly to increase their attendance. Sometimes it's to increase the size of the offering plate. Uh, but it's really all the wrong motives. 
And, you know, if you're here and if you've been here for a few services, uh, it isn't long before the pastor has a message that actually hurts just a little bit. Sometimes he steps on our toes and sometimes it, uh, it hurts just a little bit. In fact, most of the messages, it feels like uh, he wrote it and the uh, Lord's talking directly to me. You know, that word just comes right in and, and uh, it's, it's a piercing type of a, a message. And that's what the truth does. The truth hurts, right? That's, that's what it is. If you're, if you're not obeying and not following God's word, the truth can hurt. The other, the other part of that leadership equation is basically the elders. And uh, again, we're, we're blessed to have uh, a good bunch of elders who really care for this body. And it isn't just uh, about uh, the physical well-being, but it's also, also about your spiritual well-being. It's also about uh, emotionally well, well-being. Uh, these elders really care. I mean, we, when we meet, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you know, uh, we're not a bunch of uh, yes sir, yes men, you know, when it comes to the leadership. You know, I've been to a number of meetings where Mike's asking questions, and a lot of times we're asking questions of Mike, and, and it's, it goes both ways. And so the leadership, I feel, is well balanced uh, when it comes to uh, leading the body, and that's important in a church. Um, but the second part, so as far as the leadership goes, uh, you know, that's, that's the first thing that has to be in place. The second part has to, be, has to do with the body, and that's you, the body of believers. That's the church. A church can't do church without the hands and feet of the body. In fact, uh, we just had VBS, and it was a wonderful example of how people come together for a common goal to really get uh, a program or a job or a ministry accomplished. And so we had over 50 volunteers here in the, here in the church body. We had 100 people attend. You know, those things just don't happen without people stepping up and, you know, doing, doing the hands and the, the feet and the work of God. <clears throat> and there were so many things that happened behind the scene. It wasn't just the days of VBS. It was the preparation and the, and the, the preparing, the praying, putting all those things together ahead of time. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, it says, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, Just as the body, though one, has many parts. But all its many parts form one body. And, you know, it goes on to say something about the toe. You know, if the toe can't say to the eye, I don't need you. And that's what the verse says. Well, quite honestly, there's times I come to church and I feel like the toe. You know, there's not much I feel like I'm contributing. And there's sometimes I feel like the eyes or maybe the ears. And if I'm lucky, I get to be the brain once in a great while. But that doesn't happen very often. So... But, you know, you may be sitting there thinking in the body, you know, what, what is my role? What, have I, what do I contribute? Um, and what is, what is, how is God going to use me? Well, let me just let you know, it, it takes everyone to make this work. And, you know, that I, I, I think about that question, who am I? Who am I? You know, who in the Word has, in the Bible has said that before? I think of Moses. Who am I, Lord? You would use me. I'm not of eloquent, uh, eloquent speech. So he had to use Aaron to be his mouthpiece. I think of Mary, mother of Jesus. Who am I, Lord? Who am I that I would be blessed? But the Lord uses everyday people all the time to do extraordinary things. So if you're feeling that, you know what, I just, I just don't, follow, don't know if I feel qualified, believe me, you are qualified. God has put those things in you. He's built them in you. He's, that spirit of the Lord lives in us, that Holy Spirit. 
And so God, God can use anybody at any time. So, so don't feel, don't disqualify yourself because we can be used. But it can get a little messy. Uh, you know, it's, we're dealing with people. If you've ever had to manage people in a business setting, those are some of the most difficult types of situations because you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with characters, you're dealing with uh, personalities, and they're all just a little bit different. One, one, one person may react just a little bit differently to uh, uh, maybe a correction or maybe a, uh, maybe a uh, kind of a disciplinary act. And it's the same way, same way with the body. Uh, we can be um, just a little bit, um, I would say just a little bit on the sensitive side for some reason, especially in church. You know, offenses can be easily picked up, and that's a thing that we really have to watch out for. Um, I can tell you right now that I'm, I'm not the most sensitive guy there is. I can tell you that, and my wife will affirm it. I'm not the sensitive guy. Uh, there's probably a scale of 1 to 10, and I think most guys probably end up on a point zero two five maybe in that area. And most gals are up in that 9, 10 area. They're just, they just see things. They know things. Uh, they can feel things. They've got that sense, okay? Well, that's, so, so those are some of the things that we need to work at. I could say things and I don't even know it, or things could even be said at me, and I don't even know that they're intending, intending to be an offense, and that's probably a great bonus for me. So, so it can get a little messy. Offenses can happen, but it's only if we let them happen. You know, in church, there's a lot of things that you just you take in. You have to weigh them against the spirit of the Lord, you know, uh, hold them captive. You know, just take it, take it for what, what you feel it's worth and uh, just discard it if you think it's going to cause any types of division. And so uh, that's one of the things that, uh, that gets, can be a little bit messy in the body. I can tell you right now, we're very blessed in that area. You know, there's, there's a lot of counseling that does go on here, but uh, as far as the unity in this body, uh, we're blessed. I'm just beyond belief. And in Ephesians 4, 1, 6, uh, there's, a pa- there's a passage about unity. And it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live life worthy of the calling that you have received. And again, it's, we all have a calling. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so that's how a body stays together. Okay, so that was the first one, people. Second one, purpose. In order for church to be healthy, it has to have a purpose. Uh, What are we here for? That's the question that it begs to ask. What are we here for? How do I fit in? What's my role? Well, if you've read uh, Rick Warren's book, A Purpose-Driven Church, in there, and I'm going to borrow just a little bit from that, but he does list five purposes of a healthy church. The first one is worship. We just experienced wonderful worship, but worship isn't always about song. Worship takes, a, takes many forms, actually. Um, you can worship in song, and that's, that's how we start our service, because I think that's a way that it leads the Holy Spirit. It, just, it lifts your heart. It, it, uh, it just encourages us. But you can also worship in prayer. Um, prayer is a time that it, it, it just, when, when you need uh, a word from the Lord, it only comes through the word of prayer. And the prayer, prayer can encourage us. It can lift us up as well. And that's a part of worship. And also, worship comes 
in the spirit of giving. And I'm not talking about just finances. I'm talking about giving of time. I'm talking about giving of talent. But, but definitely it does include in giving of your finances as well. Church can't operate without that. I mean, that's just part of the way the, the world system works. Okay, uh, in Romans 12:1 it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, to view in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. So we're talking about a totality here of the body, giving your body as a living sacrifice. So, so again, not just worship in song, but also worship in um, relationships, worship in fellowship, worship in all of those areas. In fact, that's the second one uh, as far as the purpose, fellowship. Uh, fellowship. Uh, one of the things that uh, they were talking about when we were deciding what it is in the church, fellowship was one of the big things that came up. You know, when you walk in the doors, uh, you get someone that greets you, uh, you, get a, you get a hello, you get a hug. I mean, who hasn't stopped, who hasn't been met by the Milbrants? I mean, they come in, they give you a hug, you know. You can't do fellowship over online. You don't get that online. Okay, you can maybe be encouraged by the word, but when you have someone that grabs your hand, gives you a hug, asks you how you're doing, you know, that's where the ministry happens in the body, and that's, that's where fellowship is so strong. Um, the example of the family, uh, the church body, I keep thinking about people who have moved here from a, from a distance. Maybe they came from Texas or just came in from this area, and they have no other family around. I just think about all the, t- all the things that come up you know, as far as uh, maybe complications uh, with your family. Maybe there's some work schedule issues that you need someone to take care of the kids for a day or two. Um, I just think of how many times that we've had to lean on each other in this body, you know, and have someone just kind of take over and just feel like, you know what, I've got your back. You know, do what you need to do, but we've got you covered. I mean, uh, that only happens in a church family. You know, I've been, I've been blessed to have my family close by, Gloria's and my family. They're very, very close. And uh, so we've got, our, we've got our family family, our blood family, but we also have our church family. And that's um, it's such a blessing to have both. But uh, quite honestly, I think some, some of the people I'm more uh, close to are actually my church family than some of my blood family. So... That's interesting how that works out, but it's the way God designed it. We're to lean on each other. Um, in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, if you're online, you can't be encouraged online. Uh, you can be, but it's not the same if it's just through the message. Sometimes it just needs that physical touch, that physical how you doing, and that's what, that's what we need. Okay, the third purpose, uh, discipline. Not discipline, excuse me. Discipleship. (laughs) Didn't want me going there. Uh, Discipleship. Okay, the discipleship is the equipping and the building up of believers so as to spread the gospel message and advance the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, you know, this church is all about discipleship. You know, we have classes that we teach. Uh, we have academy classes people go to. Uh, even, even beyond that, I know there's, I know the Baders have had a doctrinal class, you know, for people. And, you know, you, know, you need those things in order to build up that next generation of leaders. 
You know, and so these are all the things that take place. Some of them you see, some of them you don't see. But they're there, okay? We have them available. And uh, we encourage you to attend them when you get a chance. So discipleship is the main thing. That's, the, that's spreading the gospel, and that's, that's always keeping the next generation of leaders ready and willing and, and able when, the, when us old guys go. <laughs> all right, the next one, next one I have as purpose is ministry. And again... Uh, ministry can take place inside the church, uh, but a lot of it takes place outside the church. There's so many things that happen. You know, VBS is a ministry. It happens right here inside. But we also have the academy classes. We have the youth groups. Um, we have counseling. All of those things are ministry. But again, there are so many things that take place on a one-on-one -on -one basis outside the church that we don't even see, and that's part of the body, part of the body. And you have to have that. We also have a ministry, I think, that um, actually reaches out maybe into the community quite a bit, actually. I know when, when okay, I'm just going to give you an example. We had the last uh, elders meeting we had, which was on Monday. Mike had mentioned that uh, there was someone camping out in the uh, gazebo at the park, living there. Set up a big screen TV. I mean, we're taking ownership here now. <laughs> And uh, it was kind of interesting because he was in his office uh, preparing and uh, the couple guys from the city came up and said, Mike, we need your help. We need your help. We don't know what to do anymore. I mean, we've got these, these this gentleman's living in the gazebo and, and we need your help. Um, so to make a long story short, Mike went down and, and you know, we, we helped fill a tank. We helped help move them on to the next place. They really had a goal in getting a little bit farther down the road, and so uh, we went quite a long ways in getting there. But the, the bright spot was that, you know, when there was, when there was a need, where did they come to? You know, they came here. They came to Mike. Now, Mike represents the churches in the community. It's not just us, but he represents the churches. Um, but they still needed someone to go down and physically talk to this gentleman and find out what's going on, find out what the plan was, and that sort of thing. So they got help. And so that's, you know, to me, that speaks volumes for what, what the church is doing in the community. You know, when you got, when you got the, head, the heads of city leaders coming and, and they're asking for some assistance, you know, that's, well, it doesn't really, it doesn't get any better than that. In fact, our whole daycare thing started the same way. Heads of the, some of the city people came up and they started asking us about uh, the needs of a, of a daycare. And so uh, it started out that direction. And so it just shows you that there's great ministry in this community as well. The last purpose, number five, is mission. Mission-minded. We actually have a mission statement here at BCC. Can anybody tell me what it is? <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, I forget about it too. Take out, take out your bulletin. Take a look at the very front front of your bulletin and right on the bottom. What's it say? We are here to, I got it right here. Here to help you discover and experience an abundant life in Christ. It's our mission statement. It's there and it's above the doorstep and we don't talk about it enough, but it is, that's our mission. We're here to help discover abundant life in, in Christ. And Besides that, of course, the, we all have the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
So missions, lots of missions that go on here within the church as well. We also have our global missions. We have people that we support on a global basis. Um, that's usually in the bulletin as well. Here's missions we support. And so we stay in communication with those as well. And so we get an idea of how we're affecting some of these missions in Casa Hogar and, and uh, in Kukatlan and some of these other missions. So it's, it's fun to be able to see what your generosity is doing globally as well. So that's the second thing. That's the whole, that's, that's our purpose. That's our second, basically the second indicator of a good health. So how are we doing so far? We have people, we have purpose. Okay, the last one I have is, is uh, passion. Passion is really defined as why we do what we do. Well, first of all, we have to have the, we have to determine what, what are we here for. Well, we're here for the lost. Right? We have to have a heart for the lost. We have to have God's love. We have to be able to see through Jesus' eyes and see that compassion that he had for the lost. And there's a passion that you have to have, to have in order to see that. Now, I have to admit, um, I've always cared for the lost. But, I, but when you talk about passion, it really gets into a different realm because that, a passion is something that you... It doesn't just turn on and off, but it's something that you have a feeling for all the time. Um, I'm going to try to get through this here if I can. Uh, last October, uh, my dad passed away. And I've always had a kind of an inkling to try to reach my father. And he hasn't been the best one to try to reach. You know, he... Uh, he would listen, but he wouldn't always open up. In fact, uh, there's times that he wouldn't even listen. I know my sister tried to talk to him about the things of God and basically was shut down, actually got angry. And so over the last uh, couple years before he passed, uh, we've had the opportunity to have that discussion a few times. And so uh, we talked about it, and uh, again, he had a little bit of a reservation, but at least he wasn't angry, so I could tell that his heart was maybe softening up, and uh, he had an episode in October of last year, and so uh, found himself down in the hospital, and he had some fluid around his heart, so we went down to visit him, and, uh, you know, I knew the time was close. I knew that he wasn't going to, you know, years, I don't know how many years he had left, but uh, I thought, you know, I've really got to reach my father, and so... Uh, as he was laying on the bed and we were chit-chatting and, and uh, talking, I had an opportunity to pray for him. And uh, he was receptive. He listened, which was, which was great. Um, and as we had had a chance to talk a little bit, we, we said our goodbyes, basically said, we're going to come back in a couple of days. We'll see you. And uh, uh, we left. <laughs> And 10 minutes later, as we were leaving, we got a call saying that he, they were doing C, uh, CPR on him. So as it turned out, <clears throat> that was my opportunity, you know, my last opportunity. So when we came back, we came up to the room where they were actually still performing CPR on him. And I just remember I was cheering, you know, Dad, come on back. Dad, come back. You can do it, Dad. And all that was really going through my mind is that I still need that opportunity to talk to my dad about, about uh, giving his life to Christ. So, quite honestly, I don't know 
you know, aware where he's at. I'd like to think that somehow through me or maybe a chaplain at the church that he actually was reached. Sorry. But uh, I just don't know those things. Only God knows. But that's the passion. So after that happened, and I started thinking about this message, that's the passion that we all have to have, and not just for our family members, but it's for all of the lost. We have to, th we have to think about that for all of the lost. So it was a it was a tough it was a tough spot and I still think about that every day and obviously it makes me emotional but it's still one of those things that I I think back thinking I could have done so much more or should have done so much more but um, who knows like I say we don't know that we won't know until we get to heaven so I just pray that that's where he's at and I get to see him again. So those are the three main indicators of a healthy church. And again, I think the passion that we have here in the body is, 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 is fantastic. I see people showing up late at night on Thursday night to prayer. I see people uh, meeting every Tuesday night for Journey to Freedom. I mean, that's a passion. That's a dedication. And you only have that when you have a passion for the lost. And there's more, many more things than that happen and happen here that uh, I don't even know about. And I know there's so many things that go on, even, even the smallest of things. You know, keeping the place tidy. I mean, uh, you know, that's there's a passion for excellence, and that, that it is all encompassing. So those are the three main indicators. And then I also have just a, just a couple of, kind of side notes uh, that that has to happen in order for a church to take place. And the first one is place. You have to have a brick and mortar. You have to have a place to worship. I mean, we've been blessed in that area as well. You have to have a place to gather where we can all talk and have fellowship. And uh, But it's really what happens inside that matters. We've always talked about that. It isn't about the building. It's about what happens inside. In fact, if it causes just one division among us, it's not worth it. You know, And so we, we have to scrap that idea if, if, if that's what it takes. But i gotta, I got to tell you about this. So when we built this place... There was no committees. Uh, there was no, uh, I think we only had maybe one or two meetings. I know Mark, Mike took the brunt of it as far as arranging everything, but we had a meeting uh, in which the elders and the wives got together, and I think it took a whole, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half to make all the decisions for the, for the church. I mean, that was it. It was just, here it is, let's put it together, and, uh, you know, look what we've got. You know, it's been, it's been fantastic. Well, we're coming up on another project. You know, we're, we've been talking about expanding and going out to the north. And uh, it's the same thing. You know, this, this project's actually, I think, going to take place sooner than later. I think it's uh, right around the corner. Uh, we've actually reviewed some plans and reviewed uh, some diagrams. And uh, so we're actually out there looking at putting up some bids now. And so we've got, we're moving closer towards that. And again, the focus isn't about the building. It's about the ministry that takes place inside the building. And so that's one of the things that we really want to make sure that we uh, stress the body is that that's where it's at. It's not about the building. It's about, it's about what takes place. And I can tell you, too, that we are a very generous church, very generous church. Um, Finances it, it typically is, a, is an area where a lot of churches struggle. They have a hard time paying their pastors and, and getting some of the ministries taken place. We don't have that problem. Praise God. But this is also 
an area that um, can be can be a, uh, a kind of a stumbling point. You know, I think Satan's pretty tricky. You know, he doesn't he doesn't uh, make himself known and make himself uh, uh, so visible that it's really easy to see that it, it could be a, a scheme from the enemy. He's very very subtle that way, and so. Our church, uh, it, it, it can be, the, it can come up to this. Uh, uh, if if we don't handle it correctly, that's where Satan come in and cause division and cause disunity. However, uh, we do a number of things. Fantastic! I looked at uh, uh, all these things that I have, I have talked about here: the purpose and the passion, and the people. And I, quite honestly. I believe we do a fantastic job in a number of these areas here, but we can do a little bit better. I mean, there's always an improvement area, you know. So I'm looking at uh, like Philippians 2.12. You know, in Philippians 2.12, it talks about continuing to work out our salvation, and I feel it's the same way with the body. If you're not, if you're not striving to work and striving to get better, then I have a tendency then we have a tendency to really be complacent in where we're at. And so we can't, can't get to that point because that's where we're ineffective for God. And so, again, I think that's a scheme of, the, scheme of Satan, and I think that's something we really have to watch out for, or that we have come to where we've arrived. Well, we never really arrive. So we're always striving. So... As the, as the times are getting a little bit tougher here, you know, the world seems like it's getting a little darker and a little darker, and we see all these things that are taking place. Uh, you know, you, you can't even watch primetime television anymore, or you can't even watch the commercials on primetime television anymore. You have to just kind of tune it out, and uh, the times are getting tougher. Uh, doing church is going to be ext- extremely more difficult as the time gets closer as well. You know, we listen to Mike's message on Revelation about how in the end times, I mean, there is going to be such great persecution for the Christians that it is going to be really, really hard, and your faith is truly going to be tested. And I feel that we're still, we're moving that direction. And so it's going to be harder and harder to to get that way. Uh, But quite honestly, and, and I can't say this and stress this enough, but I love this church. I love this church. I love the body. I love the people in it. And I just love what we're doing for the community. I love our purpose. I love the passion that we have. Uh, I just feel that, you know, what we're heading in the right direction. And uh, I just enjoy uh, being able to serve everyone in the body the way we have. And uh, you know what? It's, it's an exciting journey. It's, it's not a short trip. It's a journey. And the journey is, isn't over with until we're off the earth. And so... Um, I look forward to really working with you on this journey. I look forward to impacting the kingdom with you guys. Uh, And you know what? It's just exciting. It is truly exciting. And I hope this message this morning has been one of encouragement and uh, one that uh, just causes us just to really dig deep and think about uh, each day how how we can just continue to advance the kingdom because that's what it's all about. It isn't about... Showing up every every Sunday just to uh, get our get our quick message and and leave, but it truly is about people, passion, and purpose. And so, as we look at this, I just uh, I just uh, am so thankful for where we're at today, and I just look forward to the future. So, with that.
that's my message this morning. And I'd just like to pray, and then uh, we can dismiss for the day. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for all of the things that you provide for us each and every day. Lord, you have truly blessed this church with, uh, with people. You've blessed this church with purpose, and you've blessed this church with passion. So, Lord, I pray that you would continue to do that. Lord, I pray that you would continue to, continue to watch over us, watch over the ministries that are taking place here. Uh, the one-on-ones and all the group ministries that go on. And so, Father, we just, uh, uh, just want to give you the honor and the glory and the praise and, uh, and especially the worship, Lord. It's our act of worship is, is to just truly be uh, li- offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our calling and worship. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that you would be with all of those who uh, couldn't be here today, Lord. I pray that you would expand their time, give them rest, give them peace. Uh, just allow them to just enjoy the company that they're with. And Lord, I just pray right now, Father, that you would just uh, watch over them in travels and in safety. And So, Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask that you would truly bless it to us, Lord, as we uh, go about our business. And Lord, just let us, be the, let us be the messengers that you would design us to be, whether it's in church or out of church. And so, Lord, I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.